I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. One of you sent me a message asking my opinion on how to handle a significant difference of opinion on what you would name your new child. I thought this was a really interesting question for a number of reasons, not least of which is how to handle a difficult discussion. And those of you who listen to this podcast weekly might recall a number of episodes ago that I suggested a format for making uncomfortable conversations more comfortable. It was in the episode on parenting on different pages and you can always scroll back in the archives and listen back to that. But I think something of that format could apply again here, certainly whereby you'll both acknowledge the difference in opinion, but don't get pulled into a discussion or debate on it in the moment, as that tends to be when emotions are running highest. Rather, catch it, park it and pick a a time when you both will be fully present and available to discuss it through together. Then using I statements, talk about what you know, that is a fact, what you believe, a belief is influenced by other variables in our life, maybe how we were raised. But basically, when we're in that place of belief, we also know that other beliefs can coexist alongside ours. And then why this matters to you, what you fear, what you anticipate, what you hope, what you desire. Why is this important to you? Each of you gets to speak for at least five uninterrupted minutes and you don't have to, you know, be timing each other. I think in some situations, particularly heated ones, it might help to put a timer on and that way you can, you know, hold your breath, sit in your hands, but basically avoid talking over each other. But otherwise, you can be a little bit more casual and unstructured with this and simply afford each other the time to ensure that you've been fully heard on the issue and then apply parental preferences that is what you would like to happen versus parental essentials, what must happen. These are your red line issues. And it's really important that you understand the difference between these two. You might prefer that shoes are taken off at the door, but it is essential that medication is taken at the same time every day, for example. So we'll all have parental essentials and we will all have parental preferences. The parental preferences is the area that we can afford to negotiate and compromise more. Parental essentials tend to be our red line issues. In disagreement over a name, like this question is, of course you can approach a discussion and reflection on it in the same way, but it is a little different, isn't it? I just think that a name is such a personal choice and it's the first gift that we give our children. For that reason, it is loaded with meaning and desire and hope and love. Choosing a name for your child should be considered and purposeful. And because of that, it stands to reason that we can each be heavily invested in our preferences. They mean so much to us and it's really hard to step back and hand over the name to another. So when you sit to discuss this, it is really about sharing the story of the name you are holding for your child and then listening to your partner share their story of the name that they are holding for your child. And in sharing the stories of those names, perhaps there is a new shared narrative that can emerge between you. 
what elements of those stories line up, overlap, draw you in, make you smile, resonate with you, because therein lies your compromise. The story of your name is a significant part of the story we live by, the story of our life. You've heard me say it here before that we are storied people. We live storied lives and our name is a big part of our story. Do you know the story of your own name? Just even think now, do you know why are you called what you are called? What is that story? Just pausing to give you time to bring that to your mind. Have you ever shared the story of your name with someone in your life? Who have you shared it with and how does it feel to share it? Can you do so now if you've never shared it before or maybe you've shared it with others but not your partner? Just note how it feels to tell this story. If you don't know the story of your name, do you still have access to your parents or perhaps another family member who might know why you are called what you are called. Can you ask them about it? And be aware of how it feels to sit right now in the not knowing and reflect on your name now. Okay, because what story can you tell yourself about your name? What does your name mean? What has it meant to you? Let that become your name story. So if you cannot get the story of why your parents chose the name you have, Think now about what your own story of your own name would be. And that's the story you're going to tell forward, tell to your child, tell to others. I think as well, when you're thinking about this immediately, and maybe it's for me, but I I bet it's not. Do you know the story of what you were almost called? You know, what was that name? You know, the name that was considered, but then dismissed. How do you feel about that other name? You know, who would you have been with that name? Would it have changed who you are, how you've lived? Maybe, maybe not. But for fun, just for fun now, just a bit of playfulness with this. Imagine yourself being called the other name, the name you were nearly called. How do you picture someone of that name looking, talking, walking, moving, dressing, What music would they listen to? What hairstyle would they have? What fantasy job do they have? What life do they have? Who would you have been if you were that name? I think it's fun to play with that and just get a sense of, you know, how this isn't about accuracy. You know, it's about playful imagination. What desires are we holding to project onto our almost but not quite identities? So the things that we gosh, I wish if I could do my life over, I would do this. I would have a different job. I'd study something different. Maybe we could just sit now and imaginatively project that onto our pseudo identity, that other name, just for fun. Even now sitting here listening to this, and it's probably already popped into your head as you're listening, but if not, pay some really dedicated attention now to what is the story of your child's name or each of your children's name if you've more than one. Did you name them before you met them or did you wait to meet them? And why was that? Was there one name and it was only ever that name? Or did you have a couple of names and you were going to see what what suited them? Did you ever hear yourself saying that? What suits them? Who do they look like? What name they look like? Did you ever change your mind when you met your child? And what was the moment that change occurred in? You know, what did you see in them or what did you feel that prompted the change? 
Does your child know the story of their own name? You know, if you if they do, great, but keep telling them. And if they don't, tell them now and tell them often. Just to kind of put a bit of context on this, and if you're going, gosh, you know, I never really put this much attention into names and stories associated with them. Let me share my own with you as an example of what I'm talking about here. So as you know, listening, my name is Joanna. But initially, my mother was drawn to the name Heidi. And I definitely imagine what my Heidi self would be up to in life. But my dad really didn't like that name for me. Um, He wanted to name me Joan. And my mother's second choice was Anna. So I am Joanna, a blend of Joan and Anna. There's compromise within my name and a great story too. I've grown up knowing that story. I love telling that story. And even how I chose to name my own child, I named her after my much beloved grandmother for her first name and my own mother for her middle name. And both get called, you know, when there's trouble, you know, when you get your full name, when you're in trouble. So I like hearing both. My grandmother had passed away before my daughter was born. And for me, we chose to name her in her honor as we wanted the strength and compassion My grandmother's capacity to love with a full heart. You know, my grandmother really embodied that. We wanted all of those characteristics to be a part of our daughter's life. But also, I really just wanted a reason to say my grandmother's name again every day. And this was a lovely way to do it. Now, that said, we did have two kind of standby names in case she didn't suit this name when she was born. I really wanted to have a look at her. We didn't even know if she was going to be a her, uh, you know, to see, does she look like that name? So there were two names, but they were definitely backups. They weren't the front runner. Her middle name mattered just as much to us. And my mom is as strong as she is kind. And again, those traits for us are directly associated with that name. And I really think that's the piece, you know, and I know that even now, if somebody says a name and you may once have liked the name, but then you met somebody and you didn't like them. So it kind of spoiled the name for you. If you've ever had an experience like that, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, that We have associations with names that belong to people we have feelings about. And sometimes in choosing the name for our children, we are seeking to, you know, replicate some of those traits that's tied up in our hopes and desires. And that's really what I meant earlier about the hopes and desires that are tied up in the names that we give our children. My daughter knows the story of her name and the people she's named after, and I love telling it and she loves hearing it. Children really do love hearing that. And also she loves hearing the story of my name and and her dad's name. It's something that we would talk about often. But that might be what we name our children, okay, the name we give them. But is that always what we call them? I mean, not quite. You probably have a pet name for your child and even bring that name to mind and what it means, where it came from, how it is an overt expression of affection and love. You know, we also had a pet name for our little one and we called her that pet name as often as we did her given name until she woke up on the morning of her fourth birthday and told us this was no longer acceptable, actually, because it was a baby name. And now at four years old, she was almost a grown up and would only allow her given name. And, you know, I accept that boundary. That's her choice, what she wants to be called. But I miss that pet name, if I'm honest. You know, I miss being able to call her that. I respect the boundary. And maybe what I miss is the baby 
who answer to the pet name as well, not just the name. But this funny, feisty four-year-old, she's wonderful. I admire her capacity to set and hold a boundary. By the way, that does not mean that she always follows mine. My boundaries are different, apparently. But there are serious consequences if we forget and we do use the pet name. So it's a, it's a kind of playful piece for us. Even think now, did you grow up with a pet name yourself? You know, what's your memory of it? Did you love it or hate it? Who comes to mind when you recall it? Who gave you that pet name? How do you feel about them? Where did it come from? And I always and you might remember when we talked on here about um, the body image episode uh, that it's you can again scroll back and listen to that. But we talked about not using body based nicknames for our children. You know, any pet name, it shouldn't be about the body. It shouldn't be stretch, pudge, Buddha you know skinny malink anything like that because it just places a high emotional charge on the body and that's something we do want to avoid but just kind of think of our own pet names if that was what they were maybe we didn't like them and maybe like my four-year-old you know we wish we'd been able to say hey don't call me that and there are consequences if you do what about your child's name do you have a pet name for them and when do you use the pet name because I'm I'm guessing it's most likely as a term of endearment you know it, it tends to not be when you're cross with them but actually in times of of affection and connection that that name is used. I just want to kind of end this episode with a thought for you, you know, to sit with, you know, what are we inviting in when we name our children? Because there is a certain magical quality that is evoked in naming our children. And like I said at the start, it should be considered and purposeful for it is the first gift that we will give our child. And it is a story that we will tell for years to come. That's why we consider it. It's why it is so loaded with meaning. So to the person who asked about agreeing a name for their child, you will and how you get there together will be part of the story of your child's name that you will tell them time and again. So go with the process. Their name lies somewhere along the way. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.